Christ, our human nature that fell into corruption, you resurrected. By your ascension, you exalted it, and you glorified us with yourself. This feast, the ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, commemorates Christ's physical departure from this earth when he ascended into heaven to be with the Father. It is the first major feast following Great and Holy Pascha. Though we have not included Pascha, as it is the Feast of Feasts and stands above all others, we are reminded that each feast ultimately finds its meaning only in the context of Christ's glorious resurrection. The Ascension is um, 40 days after the resurrection of our Lord. Uh, after the resurrection of our Lord, um, uh, Jesus Christ was, was um, meeting with the, the disciples and other people uh, resurrected in, in the body. This is after his crucifixion. And you remember the stories with doubting Thomas and so, so, so on and so forth. So during this 40-day period, he was doing this. However, at the ascension, he was taken up into the heavens on the right, at the right hand of the Father in the body. So on the occasion then of the ascension, uh, we have the accounts from the book of Acts and the Gospel of Luke that mention this event of Christ ascending to heaven after 40 days speaking, communicating with his uh, disciples uh, and uh, at a certain point then uh, charging them to uh, sending them out to commission by empowering them with, uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit. As he said, wait in Jerusalem, he ascends and then 10 days later the Pentecost occurs and the mission begins. All you peoples, let us sing a song of victory to Christ, who on the shoulders of the cherubim was taken up with glory, and seated us with himself at the right hand of the Father, for he is glorified. Because the Feast of the Ascension marks the leave-taking of the 40-day Paschal Feast, it always falls on a Thursday. Ascension ranks among the greatest feasts of the Church. As with all major feasts, it is celebrated with great vespers on the previous evening and with Matins and the Divine Liturgy of St. John Chrysostom on the day itself. And when he had said these things, as they were looking, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they were looking steadfastly into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye looking into heaven? This Jesus who was received up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you beheld him going into heaven. Interesting about the ascension icon is that Mary's present and the scriptural narratives don't place her there. Normally, when she's present, she's always being referred to. And in this instance, Mary's present for this moment. She's the center of attention, actually. She's usually in the center of the icon. And so I think it's just interesting that it places her there because she so much represents the rest of us. Secondly, the, the presence of the angels. One of the great pieces in the Ascension story, in the narrative, is 
after the event. And all the disciples are staring up in the sky, amazed at what they've just witnessed. And then a figure comes in and goes, what are you looking up in the sky for? You've got something else to do. So the angel's being present to do that, even in the icon. And in this instance, an incentive that they're actually frequently just kind of pointing up. Look at what happened. In case for some reason you missed it, it's up there. He went into heaven. Now, then you have another group of two angels pointing uh, to Christ ascending and also saying that as you see him go up, so also you, you will see him uh, when he comes back. So you see here the image of Christ in his divine glory, uh, uh, in this icon, uh, here the robes of, of his seated figure is all covered with so-called assist, the little golden rays of light that is a symbolic representation of him being the only begotten Son of God. This is the glory of the Father that he had before the world was. And of course, it is all in this in the mandorla. Interesting, and in all the icons uh, that I've ever seen of uh, the ascension, that mandorla is being held. Mandorla is something insubstantial. It's a symbolic act. But in this case, it is supported by the two angels that bring him up to heaven. When you fulfilled the dispensation for our sake and united earth to heaven, you ascended in glory, Christ our God, not being parted from those who love you, but remaining with them and crying, I am with you, and no one will prevail against you. According to St. Augustine, the Feast of the Ascension has been celebrated since apostolic times. Certainly it dates back to the 4th century, as it is mentioned by St. John Chrysostom, St. Gregory of Nyssa, and the Apostolic Constitutions, which states, And again, from the first Lord's day count forty days, and from the Lord's day till the fifth day of the week, and celebrate the feast of the ascension of the Lord, whereon he finished all his dispensation and constitution, and returned to that God and Father that sent him, and sat down at the right hand of power, and remains there until his enemies are put under his feet. Many of the feasts of Christ focus on his incarnation, how Christ, as the divine Logos, or Word of God, condescended to empty himself and become a man, out of love for us. The Feast of the Ascension points to the culmination of that divine kenosis, or emptying, by commemorating Christ's glorious return to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And this is very important for us because we tend to spiritualize things and think that, well, you know, heaven or the kingdom of God will be a bunch of spirits. But here we have Christ being taken up, the whole Christ, not a piece of Christ. And Christ is um, the person, the unique person of Christ who is um, soul and body. And this is um, a prediction of what will happen to us also. The Feast of the Ascension anticipates our own entrance into the eternal kingdom, a joyous reunion and welcome to our heart's true home. Christ ascends in glory, but he still has his scars. He still has the wounds in his hand and hands and his feet. And tremendously, he takes his human nature, his human body, and it brings it to the very highest point in heaven, the right hand of the Father. And never more should we think of 
God and man is separate because not only is Christ man, but God the Father has at his right hand Christ in, in the flesh, Christ in his body. It's not a spiritualized Christ and he goes up as a ghost, but it's his actual body. It's a tremendous thing for everything that implies about childbearing and eating and recreation and work and sexuality and every aspect of life that involves the body. Because here's this human body at the right hand, so in the highest hidden secret place of God. It's, it's almost like the reverse of the incarnation, the, the reverse of Christmas, it's mirror image. And in some ways I think it's even greater to think of it. And that there, there it is, a, a human body up there so high. So this might change our attitude towards um, creation. We have an ecological crisis today because we do not uh, respect um, matter and creation. We see sometimes we're almost like semi-manichés, semi you know, dualists. The spirit is good and matter is bad, but our church does not teach this. And all these feasts um, stress this. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Christ was returning to the dimension from which he came and to which we are being invited. The Feast of the Ascension marks the end and fulfillment of Christ's earthly mission, and it provides a glimpse into our own glorification. While we are on earth, however, we must take up our own cross. Thankfully, at his ascension, Christ promised the Holy Spirit, whose arrival is celebrated by the church in just 10 days. Where he says to the disciples, it is, it is for your advantage that I leave. I always wondered what he meant by that. Why is it to the advantage of the disciples that Jesus should leave them? Because by being there with them uh, physically in his resurrected body here on earth, um, he's limited. He can only be with those that he is with at a certain specific time in a certain place. Through the ascension, he's sitting on the right-hand side of the Father. Pentecost comes, so through Pentecost, Christ's presence sitting on the right-hand side of the Father can, can be manifested to all people at the same time in various areas. You have ascended in glory, O Christ our God and gladdened your disciples with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And they were assured by the blessing that you are the Son of God and Redeemer of the world. And of course the spiritual application of this, that the ascension of Christ into glory is the ascension into glory of his humanity, that he draws us to heaven with him. And therefore uh, the final aspect of our salvation sharing in the glory of God begins already in this earth that Christ has taken our humanity to heaven and we live with that hope that in the future we will be fully present and uh, rejoice in the full light of his glory in uh, God's final kingdom. The Feast of the Ascension is indeed a glorious celebration, one that anticipates our own triumphant homecoming. Let us remember and rejoice in this blessed promise. The majesty of the one who assumed poverty by taking flesh has been taken up above the heavens in full view of all. 
our fallen nature has been honored, seated together with the Father. Let us all celebrate and shout in harmony, clapping our hands in joy. Thank you.